What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the GFY Podcast. Hope you guys have been having a great, great week. We're back with some more episodes. This time it's just going to be myself and D4. We're going to be bringing you guys some different topics, just a little uh, sitting down and deluxe chatting it up. So today we've got a few things that we're going to get into, but I wanted to start out by saying that this last week was Mother's Day. So happy Mother's Day to any of the mothers out there. Um, but we just kind of wanted to share some, you know, maybe a short story or whatever about our mothers, even though it's past Mother's Day, but we're, this is our, our nearest episode to Mother's Day anyway. So, um, did you have a specific story you wanted to share or you want me to go first or? Uh, first of all, I want to give a shout out to all the mother fathers out there. Cause sometimes we got some, we got some fathers that are, that are, that are out there that do everything. And then we have a lot of mothers that do everything as fathers as well. So, uh, you mother fathers out there, I know who you are. Uh, first I'll kind of give you kind of what I did. Uh, I think we kind of did something similar. I went down to our hometown, D29 from the same hometown. Um, and a couple of people know, a lot of people know this, but we're a little bit, um, apart in age. So we didn't really see each other, uh, a lot growing up, um, in our hometown. But as we became like, you know, best friends, it's kind of cool that we were also from the same hometown. We went to the same school and all that stuff, but we had different people that we knew. And some of our circles kind of connected a little bit there. Um, and I knew D20 from, uh, being in my hometown, working in my hometown, being a football player in my hometown, uh, and then also, um, of course, I know him now from whatever. But and we've moved off to a different city than our hometown, so it takes us about forty-five minutes to an hour to get to our hometown um, and stuff. And so I don't get to my hometown a lot, but I think it's really cool to see it grow and change throughout the years. Um, and this is like a little side thing. And I don't know if you remember this, D20, and maybe you could shed some light on this, and this is kind of off topic, but I'll come back to the topic, I promise. Oh, yeah. But the reason I say this is because when I went to the hometown and you and you drive around your hometown, you remember stuff when you were a kid and going down memory lane and, and things like that. Um, but do you remember – I don't remember the date exactly. Um, and I tried to look this up, and I couldn't find any articles or anything like this. But it would just be like a little thing that you would probably remember because it's from our local town. And I don't never everything came up for it. But I've been watching a lot of documentaries mm-hmm. on um, serial killers and stuff. Um, I think I watched the Unabomber one uh, again for the second time, like a different a- uh, aspect of it. Mm-hmm. But during that same time, like a year or two after the Unabomber got caught... I want to say the timeline. There was a a guy in our city that got blown up by a package, and he lived. I I think I remember it. Yeah. Do you remember that? I think. Uh, and he lived probably a mile down the road, two miles down the road from where I'm at, like going towards our main city. Yeah. Um. And I remember driving by the house after that happened. And there was, like, FBI outside. And that was the first time I ever saw any FBI and stuff. And I was asking my mom, like, who those people were. And uh, and I remember not seeing it on Are the news. Are you sure that I, was one of those shirts that used to get at, at uh, like, at the beach that said uh, female body 
inspector is that what they were yes that's what it was <laughs> that's what it was um <laughs> but i uh yeah i just remember that happening uh and i thought that was really cool that uh not, not cool but a vivid memory i was like wow that's kind of cool that something like that would happen in our hometown because not a lot of stuff happened in our hometown i remember one of our mutual friends and you'll probably know who this is if i, I don't want to say his name or anything but uh, there was like, I remember being freaked out because there's a guy that 20 knows and I know, I think he's in your grade or maybe he's a year younger than you or maybe a year older than you. I can't remember what he might be. He's in that range for sure, but he was a big like pothead and a uh, pill popper. And, uh, there was a road that was behind that house that I was talking about. It was on the power line and that guy went and drove down there one time just to smoke some weed and do some pills or whatever. And, uh, he found a dead body, hmm. uh, I don't of a guy that. I think that committed suicide. Uh, and I'll tell you a little bit afterwards, but I thought that was like the freakiest thing. Like our town mm-hmm. is like super quiet. Nothing ever happens. We got a, like a lot of non-famous people that think they're famous that try to like, I don't know. I feel like we have like a bunch of SoundCloud rappers that <laughs> live in our area <laughs> or, you know, something like that. But I don't know uh, exactly. But, um, you know, just going back home and seeing my mom was, was kind of cool. But I talked about this on my, um, my Twitch stream the other day, but we just have, I just have a lot of memories of growing up. And if you don't know, like my backstory, um, uh, I grew up, um, and I'm okay with telling people this. Like I grew up in a, uh, a broken home from the time I was from birth to four. Um, my, my biological dad and my mom were married. And then my dad, did a bunch of drugs and then they got a divorce. My mom literally took me from that situation and took me to my grandparents' house. We moved in with my aunt and we were moving around a lot from the time I was born to four, like I said. And then my um, mom had another guy um, and she was in an abusive relationship then. And I remember that like growing up uh, being in this apartment and this guy trying to put his hands on my mom and I was really little and me getting out this little plastic bat and trying to beat his ass with it and him kind of like shoving me off a little bit but never like striking me or anything and my mom's like we're leaving we're never coming back and then like my mom has always been like my rock she's always been someone to protect our family then when when I got uh, to be four uh, she met another guy which now is I guess he was my stepdad at the time, but then he adopted me and I took on his last name, uh, at the age of 11 or 12. Um, I can't remember exactly, but, uh, now that's who I call dad. Um, and so we had, we had with my mom, we were dirt poor growing up and I didn't know any better. My, my grandparents were pretty well off, uh, for the most part. And, uh, we would always, you know, they always made sure we had shit. But my mom was always the mom that didn't want that to happen. Like, she didn't want no one giving us anything. So she worked super hard for the things that we had. And I never knew that we were poor growing up. And then as I, from four to about 11, I lived in, uh, we lived in a house that was rented. And then we went to, and we bought a trailer, which was like, uh, for my parents was a big deal to own something, you know, like they actually own the trailer, uh, and stuff. And so we lived in this little, uh, and I've showed on stream like this little, uh, cul-de-sac of, of, um, 
trailers that we lived in. And I thought we will, it was really clean, kept up nice. My dad did a good job of that. And as he progressed through his job, we finally got into, I would consider from not necessarily poor, but we went up a little bit in class. So we went to the lowest middle class you could be. So my parents bought in the South, of course, money's a lot different than it is out West or up North. And so we bought a house that was a three bedroom, two bath. And I felt like we had made it at that point. I felt like we were, um, we were like, I could show people my house and not be embarrassed or whatever. And that's the age 11, 12, where you start, you know, you start thinking about those things that, Hey, you know, this Billy has this and Jessica has this. And, you know, you start talking about that and the clothes that you wear at school represent like how much wealth you have, especially in our town. Um, it was a huge like preppy school. You were either involved in sports, you're a prep. Um, the skater scene was just now being a thing in our hometown. Um, so those were considered the weirdos. There wasn't like a lot of nerd group. You were either, you played sports, like everyone played sports or you were in that, like that jock area or not jock, but prep area. And, uh, so I found myself in the middle of that. Like I was friends with everybody and, and all that stuff. But my mom always made sure that we went, um, and had stuff all the time. Like, me and my brother always had things. I she saved fucking a lot of money for me to buy the newest, you know, Abercrombie stuff or whatever. Um, at the time, Apostle, I don't know what it would be, but but we had. I always had stuff, and I, no one ever knew what kind of status we were all the way through even high school. Like I had friends uh, around our neighborhood and stuff that you know we, we were middle class, but people that didn't know where I lived probably thought I had a little bit more money than I did just because of the way I carried myself. My mom always, you know, always had nice things. Um, and, uh, you know, there was never any hardships at home. Like my parents did a great job of raising me and, and doing that thing. But I, but I thank my mom so much for getting us out of that first situation and putting us in the third situation, I should say, that we got in and she did a great job of mothering me and, and really sheltering me and understanding that knowing that I wasn't poor. And I knew growing up, growing up that I had, as I look back as an adult, I remember staying home at, during the summer and my mom's like, hey, stay in, stay in the house. Don't go anywhere. Like, don't answer the, don't answer the door for anybody. Um, and, you know, when I, when I get home, you can go play outside and stuff like that. And all the neighborhood kids would all go play basketball or football or whatever. But I remember eating like, you know, going down the grocery aisle and there would be frozen food aisle. And my mom, I'd be like, like oh, mom, cuisines. I really. Yeah. And I was like, mom, I want this, those kid cuisines. Cause there were, there was commercials all the time on the TV. And, but those things cost like two fifty. And my mom being, you know, just a fucking, just. 10 out of 10 mom, she would pick up one of those frozen pizzas that were 25 cents, the little bitty ones. Yeah, she's like, you really, really like these, don't you? <laughs> yeah. And she would, she would like, you know, not, it wouldn't be like manipulate because I didn't know that we didn't have any money to buy that, that even that frozen pizza or frozen dinner that was 250 that she was trying to get me to buy the cheaper thing, but she would give me an option. Oh, you really like these. Here you go. Pick between this one and this one. Which one do you want? She wouldn't like give me another option to go back to get that fr other frozen meal. 
she would give me, you know, the options of what we could afford. And I didn't think anything of it. It was like little simple things like that, that, that I go back and I appreciate that my mom did. And then she would make me feel like we had stuff and she'd, you know, Hey, go pick out you some raviolis and stuff like that. And as a kid, I didn't give a shit. That's all I wanted. That's all I needed, you know, during the day. And so I would have it all portioned out. Day one, I eat this for lunch. Day two, I eat this for lunch. Day three, I eat this for lunch. And, uh, you know, when we went out to, um, I don't know, McDonald's or Wendy's or wherever, um, she would always say stuff like, you really like this, don't you? Just so I would get the cheaper thing on the menu. Um, or, hey, would you like to share with your mom kind of thing? Like, I'll get 10 nuggets, but I only want two. You can have the eight, you know, kind of thing. Like, And I was like, oh, that's awesome. I'm getting eight nuggets. It's a lot of fucking nuggets. It's more than the kids' meal. That's a four. But it was cheaper to get the... You know, the nuggets that were a 10 piece and to get my happy meal that was five, six bucks. You know what I'm saying? Like it was 99 cents or, or five dollars. So it's like little things like that that my mom always did that I, that I really appreciate now. And she, and I think that's why I'm, I'm kind of frugal with my money as well. Like I'd rather spend it on friends and family and, and not stupid shit. You, you don't see me buying a new car. You don't see me buying a Roly or, or putting stupid pictures on Twitter. Um, just saying all this kind of dumb shit like oh just bought seven houses that it has a 17 car garage but i only have one car like that kind of shit like uh i've always been that way and i will continue to be that way and i think that all stems from my mom and how she kind of raised me and, and the things that she did um so i just appreciate my mom i know there's a lot of stories i could tell with my mom and the things i remember it whether they were bad or good that kind of changed you know my thinking on things and that's one reason why a lot of people ask D20 and I all the time, like, your name's D, D420, right? Like, y'all should smoke, y'all smoke weed, right? But like those, those things that I went through from the time I was born till I was four and then going through and growing up and seeing, you know, what drugs do to people, um, never really got me into that. Like in school, I never was tempted to do that. I never wanted to party. I never wanted to put myself in a situation where I wasn't controlled of the situation or I wasn't controlled of my body. And, uh, that's what I'd always, you know, known or learned, you know, what not to do, what to do. And I always try to put myself in that situation, make the best decision for you at this point. You can either go right and it's the correct thing to do, or you can go left and it's definitely something that you're going to, you're going to risk or you're just going to wager, you know, what, what happens to you next. So I would always try to make the right decision. And I never have regretted anything, uh, going down that path, uh, that I've went down. So, uh, a lot of people ask that about us, about drug use, and I'm always like, dude, D29, we just, we don't do it. I mean, it's just something we don't do. I don't have anything against anybody that does any of that stuff, alcohol or, or smokes or whatever. I know a lot of stuff is not that bad for you, um, but it's just my personal preference, and that's what I've always done just because of past experiences and things that I've went through. So um, big shout-out to my mom. Um, I, I love her to death, and – I'm very fortunate to have her in my life and, and everything. And, and, you know, I get tired. You know, she's a normal mom. She calls me and tries to stay on the phone with me for an hour. And I, my brain just, just fucking clicks off about after two minutes of talking to her. I just daydream. But then after I get the phone with her, I feel bad. I'm like, I should have really, you know, talked to my mom about stuff. But this Mother's Day, I got to talk to her one-on-one. Um, my brother hadn't come home from work. And my dad was outside cooking. And I... Got to sit down with her and tell her just, hey, I appreciate everything you've done, you've done for me and us um, since, you know, I was born and, and get us in the situation that we're at now. So 
I just I really appreciate her and everything that she does, and uh, yeah, she's awesome. But yeah, I'll sh- I'll shut up about mine. I'll let you. No, you're That's good. I, I was just gonna uh, kind of add to kind of what you were talking about with the like drugs and alcohol stuff. Like, um, I mean, my stuff was kind of similar. Like, my dad, he was married. Like, he got married really young, and ended up dropping out of college when uh, my older brother was born with his first wife or whatever because she was just kind of that just like went out and partied and like didn't really care anything about taking care of of my brother or anything like that and so like at that time my dad he was kind of heavy into partying and stuff too i mean he was you know college kid or whatever um but like once my brother was born he just kind of like really like wised up and he's kind of like man i can't be you know i can't be drinking every night i can't be doing all this stuff because she's going to be gone all the time and i've got to take care of this kid kind of thing and mm-hmm. so um when my brother was he wasn't even but maybe one like my dad was just like okay i'm just gonna leave her and you know be on my own or whatever and she like was fine with just signing over like okay you can have him full custody like i don't even care kind of thing and so and like she continued with the partying and drugs and all that kind of stuff and so like even when my brother was older and like she'd get to see him like every other weekend or whatever it was but she had to have like supervised visits like she had to come like to her parents house which are like his grandparents or whatever so like they'd have to go over there to see him and all this kind of stuff and like you know she was still like up until he was probably past being a teenager she was like that and i think she finally like straightened out a little bit but like she'd always like promise him stuff like oh you know we'll get you a because my brother's really big into hunting and stuff like oh i'll get you that that new gun you want or that new fishing rod you want or whatever for your birthday and then like he'd go over there for his birthday and like she wouldn't even show up for the visitation like it'd just be like his grandparents over there or whatever and so like you know i kind of saw that growing up like how I was like, how, you know, why don't she promise him all this stuff? Because, like, my parents, we never had anything. But, like, like you said, like, our parents just kind of went out of the way to, like, try to make stuff special for us, even though we didn't have much money. It was kind of like, you know, like, oh, well, we know you really want to have your birthday party at, you know, whatever this place is where all the other kids are having them. But why don't we just have it at the house and we can have all kinds of cool games and stuff that you guys play or, you know, something like that. Yeah, you can have a lot more people over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we can we can have a lot more people. You have a sleepover. Yeah, sleepovers are the best birthday party. (laughs) Yeah, like if you have you know this or whatever, like then we're not going to be able. You can't invite like ten people, but if we have it, you know, at um, you know, out at this park, then we can have you know you can invite your whole class or whatever. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, cool. Uh, You know, so it was always just stuff like that, kind of like your mom did, like like oh, here's this option, like how's that sound? Which I think a lot of parents do that that are yeah, you know, not super well off. Like I think it's just good parenting to kind of make them think they're getting everything that they want out of it or whatever. But, um, yeah. And then like when my brother got older, he kind of slipped off into that stuff where he was doing a bunch of drugs and stuff and he dropped out of school. Like when he was 16, like he was always in trouble, like in school and getting in fights and all that kind of stuff. And so me and my younger brother just kind of always saw like he was always getting in trouble by our parents. Like he was always getting in trouble at school, like all that kind of stuff. So it just kind of made us be like, we don't, you know, we don't want that. Like, we don't want to be in yeah. trouble all the time like he is. Or, like, you know, getting in trouble and whatever, all that stuff. So, I don't know. I just kind of was always kind of a good kid. I mean, like, at school, you know, I goofed off and stuff like that. But, like, I was never, like, into the, 
like, oh, let, let's do drugs and stuff like that. And so, like, when I got to high school, like, Friday nights, like, after football games, like, all the football guys would be like, oh, we're going to go over to so-and-so's house and drink or smoke weed or whatever kind of thing. Like, their parents will buy alcohol for us and all that kind of stuff. And so, like, when I was in high school, like, you know, I turned down, you know, a few times that people were asking me that and stuff like that. And I finally, I was like, um, like, I just got a part-time job and, like, where I had to work, like, Saturday mornings. So they'd be like, uh, hey, man, you want to, you know, come with us, like, after the game or whatever? I'm like, no, nah, man, I got to work early in the morning, which I did. But I, I kind of yeah. just did it, like, as a... But you could have done both, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like, as a escape thing. And then, like, you know, then Saturday nights, like, we lived in a different town than where we went Sub- to school yeah it was just like a sub city yeah yeah just kind of like a i mean the town that we went to wasn't even that big enough to be called a suburb we were more a suburb of another bigger city but we were kind of between the two yeah. anyway but so we had to go to go to school there and so like i wouldn't see like any of those guys like on the weekends kind of thing uh so like if i could get away from having to meet up with them on friday then it was like because, like, everybody didn't have cell phones and texts and all that kind of stuff back then. It was kind of like, I mean, you had a cell phone, but you weren't just, like, calling your buddies up all the time. So yeah, then I knew, like, if I cool. did that, then I could, you know, go out with some uh, other friends that were, like, younger friends, like, from church and stuff like that. Like, I knew I could, like, go to the movies and stuff with them on Saturday night because I'd be off Saturday night because I worked in the morning or whatever. So, like, I would always just, like, do shit like that so I could get out of having to be in those situations and things like that. But I don't know. I just never, like, I've seen like a lot of people, like, where we grew up was, there's a lot of, like, meth and stuff like that around the city mm-hmm. that we grew up in. And, of course, you don't know that stuff till you get older. And you're like, oh, my God. Like, now that I think about it, so-and-so's parents were a bunch of drug addicts or something. You know, yeah. It's like, yeah. It's like, and it kind of like what you were talking about, like, moving into a, a nice house and stuff like that. Like, I don't, like, I remember I was thinking back, like, a while back. And just, like, going to, like, kids' birthday parties, like, at their house and shit. And, like, they'd have, like, a tiny-ass house. But, like, you didn't even think about it. You're just like, oh, man, shit, he got, you know, that new game on Super Nintendo or whatever. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you know, yeah. when you're, like, when you're, like, seven, eight, nine, stuff like that, like, shit doesn't even matter. It's just like, okay. Like, we're just having a, going to a party. We got cupcakes, so who cares? They got cupcakes <laughs> and ice shit. cream. Oh, shit. Yeah. You know, it's like. But you become some kind of. Uh, cognitive of that when you're like 11, 12, though. Like oh, you yeah. Start once you, thinking once about you start your own. older and yeah. I, mean, I remember like not even worrying about like what clothes I wore or something like that till I got to junior high. And it mm-hmm. was like, I remember like, because we went like kindergarten through sixth grade was at a school. And then like we went to a junior high where we merged with another school. And so like I remember like once I got there, I was like, because before that, like I was just wearing Walmart stuff. Like I'd, you know, I had fucking LA gear shoes or whatever Walmart had. The bitches lot out now, yeah, Carl <laughs> Malone's on or something. And uh, then I had, you know, just like whatever cheap jeans. And then, like, of course, I mean, we couldn't afford to do a lot of stuff, but like my mom had like a JC Penney's card so I could get like some Nike stuff <laughs> and like, you know, a pair of like, yeah. uh, I had like Arizona jeans, but I just like, I just buy whatever jeans and then I can just have like a Nike t shirt and I'd be set, you know. Yeah. And I remember going to like um, those little, like, I don't even know what they're called, like little stores that share, sell like rip off Nike stuff or whatever. Like, I remember going there and being like, like an outlet like, mall kind of thing. Well, it wasn't even like an outlet. It was just like some like foreigner owned <laughs> store that was like, yeah, in, in the city or whatever. And we'd go there and I'd just like buy some like Nike t shirts and shit like that. But, um, 
Yeah, but I was just going to like share a story about my mom. Like the one I think about, like when I think about Mother's Day, when I was, uh, I don't know how old I was. I was probably like 11 or 12. My younger brother's like four years younger than me. So he's probably eight or nine or whatever. And so like it was Mother's Day and like we had this idea like, oh, what if we just like drew tattoos on ourselves like for Happy Mother's Day or whatever. So I was like, well, I'll do yours first or whatever. And then you can do mine. So like, uh, we had like these markers and uh, we didn't know they're permanent markers. We just get, had markers. So like we drew, like I drew like an entire sleeve on him. Like his whole upper body was like covered in like I heart mom and like all this stuff. <laughs> and so like we just like, I just like decked him out in it. And like even in my room, like at home, like there's still like where he leaned up against the door that's in my room. Like there's still like part of the marker like on the door from where he leaned up against it. But uh, like I just decked him out, and my mom like comes in there and she's like, "What did y'all do?" We're like, "Oh, this is you know Happy Mother's Day or whatever." She's like, "Those are permanent markers. Like we gotta go to church tomorrow." <laughs> <laughs> so my brother had to wear like I mean it was warm outside because it's May or whatever. He had, his my mom made him wear long sleeves to church because he had markers stuff still over all over his arms and stuff. <laughs> but uh, but I remember that like about my mom. Another like just story about my mom is like. Like when I'd get in trouble, like I think you've been to my parents' house, but yeah. Like, so we like their living room is like kind of long and narrow, and then like there's a doorway on each side that goes into the kitchen, so it makes like a circle. Anyway, so like my mom would get on to me, and I would just like fucking run the circle, like <laughs> go around the circle. Like she'd come one <laughs> way, and I'd go back the other way. And I remember like one time she was like chasing me with like a flask water to whip me, <laughs> and like uh. I uh, I was just like running the loop over and over again, and finally she just started laughing because I was like hopping around and like acting all crazy and stuff. And she finally just started laughing, and I didn't even get a whipping. She was like, "I can't even like I'm not even dealing with this. Like I'm not gonna chase you around." <laughs> I don't know. But anyway. That's funny. But yeah, I mean that's just like some of the things like and you know like with my mom like I would always like kind of like you talked about like being on the phone for like an hour. Like I remember when I first went to college, like my first year, and like. My mom would call me like every night and like I'd be on the phone like an hour with her like every night. <laughs> it's just kind of like, okay, mom, like uh, I'm at college now. You don't call me every night kind of thing. It's just kinda, All right. It's like, if I need you, I'll call you. Okay. Yeah. I'd be like, my friends would be like, hey, you want to go, you know, get dinner or whatever on campus, like at the cafeteria spot or whatever. I'm like, uh, yeah, hold on. My mom's calling me. So I was like, I may be able to go. I may not. I don't know. Depends on if I can get off or not, but. Yeah, just things like that, like just hanging out, spending time with my mom. Like I feel like I was like closer with my mom than like my older brother. He was always in trouble, and like as soon as he could go to somebody else's house or he could, you know, spend the night at somebody's house or whatever, he did because he couldn't do all the, you know, stuff at our house that he could do at like some of his other friends' house or whatever. So yeah, like he was always like gone, and then like my younger brother. I mean, I don't know. I mean, he was kind of the baby, but. Like, I was my mom's firstborn, so she kind of, you know, because she, you know, adopted my older brother or whatever. But yeah. it kind of wasn't the same. But, and so, like, I'd, I'd do things like go clothes shopping with her because she'd want to go shopping because she had all boys. So she'd be like, I'm going to go shopping. And I'm like, okay, I'll go with you because I knew I'd get, like, some stuff out of it. Like, oh, I need this shirt. Sure. <laughs> and so like, my brother would be like, did you not give me anything? I'm like, oh, I don't know. I mean, and then when we got a little bit older. <laughs> fuck, I don't know, fuck you. <laughs> no, when we got a little bit older, like my younger brother, I mean, he's bigger than I am anyway. So, like, he would always, like, wear my stuff. I'm like, dude, you can just borrow it whenever you want to. <laughs> it's not yeah. a big deal. Like, I got a new shirt. We can both share. 
Now your brother's more of a, um, like he would help your parents out or not help your parents out. Well, who helps out more now? What would you say your relationship is with your parents now? Um, like as far as, like if my parents are like, hey, we need to build this fence in the front yard, it would be me like doing it. And my older brother would be like, I just gave mom and dad some money to buy this stuff for the fence kind of thing. <laughs> I got you. That's kind of how you'd be. My younger brother, like, I don't know. Like, I feel like he would be there if he could, but I feel like he would be like, oh, I got to do this. I can't, I can't come or whatever. Like, I yeah. feel like he would, like, if it was like a necessity thing, but if it was just like my dad decides he wants to build something in the fucking backyard. Like, so when we were, I don't know, I think I was in college maybe. And, um, one of my brother's friends had got like kicked out of his house. Like his parents were just kind of weird. Like his dad would just kind of go off on him about like nothing kind of thing. And so like he was just staying at our house like during the summer or whatever. And like my dad's like, Oh, we need to build a new retainer wall, like (laughs) along by our pool or whatever. And so I was like, okay. So he like comes home with like all these bags of like concrete and, uh, like boards and all this kind of stuff. And like my dad's one that's just going to like fucking supervise. Like he's not going to, he'll tell you how to do stuff. Like he knows how to do a lot of stuff, but he doesn't do stuff. <laughs> like he's just like, yeah, yeah, you just need to put this board here. I'll just go ahead and measure it for you and you go cut it. And then like you start pouring all these bags of concrete down in there. <laughs> like, okay. Like I remember just like breathing in concrete dust, like for like a week straight. <laughs> anyway but yeah like i'd say it'd probably be me like my dad needs something done like he's probably gonna ask me first like i said my older brother like he's capable of doing it but more likely he's just gonna throw money at him and be like cause, i mean he makes good money right and so he's just like oh i'll just get mom and dad thousand dollars so they can buy stuff for fence help him out I was like, okay, well, I don't have $1,000 to give to him, so I guess I'll go build the fence. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take that 1000 and go fucking build the fence, I guess. Yeah. God damn it. <laughs> yeah, like, but for me, um, I got out of the house, like, right when I turned 18. I wasn't holding on. Uh, not that I didn't like my parents or I had a bad home life. I just, I just wanted to get the fuck out. You know, I just didn't want to be around my parents just because, you know, they're adults and I was a kid. Um so getting out of the house at 18 was great. Um, and my dad had trained me through years and years of bitching and me not doing a good job of shit. You know, you should try to train me. Hey, you're going to do something right. Do it right the first time. That way you don't have to go back a second time. You know, I don't, that's how I wasn't fucking doing that. Uh, anyways, I, I was, you know, 12 years old trying to fucking mow a yard and I was just trying to hurry up and get done so I could go play basketball or go hang out with my friends. Um, so, you know, after me, him, me getting bitched at a bunch about doing it and, you know, he's, he's a guy that is like that. He's, he would rather him do it. Um, but I would feel bad that he's doing it while I'm inside doing nothing. So I would feel real bad and go out there. Like I would weed eat while he mows and then he'd have to go back and weed eat the shit that I missed or, or whatever. And so I, by the time I was 16, 17, I was doing shit the right way. My brother, on the other hand, he still lives at home. Uh, he has a fiance now. Uh, he makes more money than my parents, and he is always gone, and he's always doing shit, and he's always he's always buying shit for the fam for my parents. And he's kind of like your brother; he's always throwing money at him or whatever. Yeah. Um, and my dad still fucking mows the yard and does all that shit, and I'm always like, dude, 
why don't you fucking help him? How about you? He's like, dude, I've, I've been working. Like, I'm, I work nights or whatever, and I'm like never – I'm either sleeping or I'm I'm at work all the time. And I, I get pissed at him, but I understand, like, where, where he's coming from and all that shit. But, uh, I mean, he's a really good kid. He's – I wouldn't say he's one of those guys that are just – He's literally smart about staying at home because he doesn't have to. He did so many bills that he doesn't have to pay. He already right. paid off his yeah. truck. He just bought a side by side. He's got that paid off. He's got a boat. He's got it paid off. He's got like so many things already fucking paid off. He has like his insurance and his cell phone bill or something like that. That's the only thing he pays. It's like stupid. He makes hella good money. Um, and my dad's always like, I want to get his ass out. He has a fiance and everything. He needs to get his ass out. But, uh, <laughs> he's just messing around. He's like, no, I like having him around because he, he does, he like, you know, he puts, he puts up money and, and tries to help my parents out when he can. So, um, but he's, he is a really good kid. I wouldn't say like, he's a, he's a fucking loser. He's still at my parents' house and he's over 18. Like, uh, he's not. He's, he's like 22 or something. I think, yeah, he just turned 22. So he's not that old, but, uh, He'll probably move out in the next couple of years or whatnot and try to uh, get a place with him and his wife or whatnot. But it's a it's a it's a cool little thing when I go back home to see them and my dad. I mean, it seems like uh, like you were saying earlier, you notice things now. And my dad always has some fucking crazy story about neighbors or something like yeah. there's a neighbor like catty corner from us. Then growing up, I knew they were crazy. He would. So the guy would always peel out and haul ass down our road, and he was our next-door neighbor. My dad got really pissed at him all the time because we were always in the road playing fucking football, oh, yeah. basketball, and shit like that. Riding bikes, and, yeah. yeah, riding bikes, yeah. fucking, you know, riding everybody's ditch and trying to do 360, like fucking, <laughs> you know, Tony Hawk and Tay Mira or whatever. But um, he, uh, you know, he was always pissed at him when I was growing up, and then they, he was cool with him, and now the guy got back into drugs, and so my dad's always telling him, crazy stuff and so i was there for mother's day and they had some crackhead that walked from that house and tried to go to the to the drug house behind my parents and he was like hey you mind if i walk through the yard my dad's like hell no you can't walk through my yard you're gonna have to go around and so that dude like you understand like we live in like uh you draw a circle with a line through the middle that's what our whole neighborhood looks like and so we live on the middle street he was gonna have to walk all the way down to the very end and go all the way around and we live like right in the middle of the middle street so um, he was going to have to go away the fuck around. And I'm pretty sure he probably cut through someone else's yard after my dad told him to fuck off. But it was, it was funny to watch my dad tell him to fuck off. And, uh, and now you look at these people and you know, like, that's a, that kid, that guy's on meth. That guy's a crackhead. That guy's just fucking high on weed. And before, when I was really young, I couldn't tell that shit. I smelt things and you're like, I can smell weed, but I don't know really what that is. And as you get older, you're like, oh, shit, that's fucking weed. Someone's smoking weed here. Like, it's really easy, especially if you don't smoke. You have a really good nose, and you could smell the shit all the time. Yeah. Um, but I remember going over friend's house, too, and their dads or their moms or whatever is all, you know, cracked out. And at the time, I didn't fucking know. I just thought they were weird. And yeah. now I know that they were fucking druggies, and it kind of everything kind of comes together. Or they would have their their uh, bedroom door locked and they were doing drugs back there. And I had no fucking clue that they were doing drugs while we were playing video games in the living room um, and shit like that. So it's just weird shit like that, that you go back and you look at and you're like, Holy shit, that's, that's a real thing. And then D20 and I uh, worked in like not too far, probably across the street from each other. I worked at a grocery store uh, a lot like speedy did. And um, we would have people go in there all the time. I, I think from 16 to 18, I worked there uh, until I could get a server job. 
And uh, at the uh, grocery store, I remember always seeing crackheads come in and my manager telling me, hey, um, they're buying this, this, and this because they're going to go make meth or they're going to go make whatever. So that was like weird to me to see that she was like educating me on people while they were buying cough syrup or buying this thing or this thing uh, to put together to to make, you know, this drug or this drug or this drug or why they bought matches or um, why they um, were buying like the rolling papers and stuff like that. Like I that that didn't even cross my mind. I was so innocent. My parents kind of kept me out of that loop. I was the same way for a long time. Yeah innocent to things like i didn't realize stuff like i worked like at a video store most of you younger people don't even know what that is but <laughs> it was pretty like much a blockbuster a, it was like a red box but an entire store a red box <laughs> instead of going yeah. to a red box it was you had to you, actually talk to people and you had to go inside of a store no but we had like that and like people all the time would um like we had like just up at the counter they just had like little things to buy like you know, like headache medicine or whatever, like just little one of those little in cap things, like some people could just grab something and buy it or whatever, like a little Coke machine and all that kind of stuff. But uh, yeah. like one of the things we had there was like Sudafed, and they were like, "Don't don't sell too many Sudafed to somebody or whatever." Like they can't buy more than one box or whatever crap like that. And I was like, "Okay, whatever." And uh, but uh, so, yeah, like I was just like I had no idea, and then like they were like, "Oh, people use that to make meth," and I was like, "Oh." I mean, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? I just sold, I got 70 boxes. What the yeah, fuck? I, t- I thought I was going to be employee of the month. I just sold 70 boxes. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, like, and then you have people that just come in and, like, they just, like, reek of, like, drugs. And you're like, I don't even know. <laughs> and it's like, that person stinks is all I know. And they're like, oh, yeah, it smells like cat piss because he lives in a meth house or whatever. <laughs> it's yeah. like, oh, God, okay. Dude, I think those skills that we learned early on, me at the grocery store, you at the video store, uh, D20, after that, after I turned, oh, after I went to college, D20 and I worked together at, uh, we were waiters at a restaurant. And, uh, we worked a lot of the same shifts because we lived together for a, a bit in college. Um, and, uh, so when we worked together, we'd, we'd always tell the manager, hey, we need to be, uh, these shifts together. And we were really, really good workers as far as like, um, you know, waiting tables like we could bust fucking tables down. We could we could sit sixteen tables and be running them. And when I go to like restaurants now, I'm just like appalled about how fucking bad people can't wait on tables. It's it's really bad. It's like a it's an art that people really suck at now. Like no one ever went dry when I was at their you know I was their waiter. They would I would always bring back if they were like seventy five percent done. They already had one on their They'd uh, come table. In dry and yeah, four make them leave wet. You you fucking bet, bud. <laughs> but my point was, when we worked together, we always had all these young kids that would, well, younger than us, that would always be hostesses. They would they could get a girl that was like sixteen to be a hostess because we didn't have alcohol at our store at first, and so um, they could get younger people to work as hostess. And so we would get in with the hostess and be like, hey, listen. Um, we want the next two tables that come in and you can give you fucking, I'll just say a name like Marianne over there. You can give her a fucking table after that. Cause we're going to, we're partners. So you would have two, two, a group or whatever. And so we'd go one, two, boom. 
Marianne would have one table and she'd be like, I can't fucking do it. They're just too needy. I got to take a smoke break. Yeah. (laughs) And so we would like, hey, if she's going to go take a smoke break, we're skipping her. So you give us another table. We'll fucking run this shit. That's what I understood. Like, like waiting tables, you're making like $2 an hour or whatever the fuck it was. It was something ridiculous. So like like, we're making shit money. Like, why would you not try to turn over tables as fast as possible? Like, I'm not going to sit here and try to play your little games of like, oh, you try, try to upsell them to a strawberry lemonade. If you can sell five strawberry lemonades, you, you know, get a spot on bingo or some shit like that. Like they try to do those games and stuff all the time. Like I'm Mm -hmm. here to flip tables and make money. Like if I know that, if I have like a sense that somebody's not going to give much of a tip if they're complaining about everything and they're, I mean, and everything's been done perfectly. Like I'm just going to try to flip them and get them out of here so I can get somebody else in here. Like I never, like I'd rather take $5 a table and do a hundred tables in a night than get, you know, like a $20 tip on somebody that's going to sit there all fucking night and hold it. Yeah, that you fucking sit. My thing was, we would have girls that would sit in the booth with the guys while taking orders, and then when they had their food, they would sit there and talk to them, like, in the booth with them. And I was like, what the fuck are you doing? If you've ever seen the movie Waiting, that was our fucking restaurant. <laughs> I am not joking yeah. you. Like, 110%. I can name the people by name that are in that movie that we worked with. But... um as I was like trying to bring this all together is D20 and I, and I know it's bad, but we would see people come in and they would either smell or look like they're doing drugs or they'd be a young couple or whatever. And we would fucking just be like, Hey, give them to them. We don't want them. We were like, if there was like a party of four and you got two couples together, they're usually, they're going to double tip you because you're taking two orders within one table. So you're, you're taking that couple and that couple and they, and they always, they always kind of want to either do the same tip or they want to outdo each other. So you right. knew you were getting five that or to they were ten dollars. You know, somebody would come in and be like, "Oh no, we're paying," and then they're like, "Okay, well we get the yeah. tip," and then they leave like yeah. twenty, thirty dollars for tip. Yeah, okay. exactly. So that you was know, always kind of nice. So yeah. you see those people come in, two couples come in, you're like, "Hey, give me them. I want them. That's that's a four top. I got that. It's easy shit. That's easier than a, a you know seventeen year olds that their mom just gave them." you know, enough money to buy something on a date. There's their first date. You give them to fucking Marianne. She can have them. She's going to be overwhelmed because the girl's going to ask for a thousand different things. Yeah. I don't like croutons on my salad. So fuck that. Like <laughs> you can have that, that couple. I'm going to take the older couple that knows what the fuck's going on. And I know the, uh, I mean, I'm not getting demonetized here, so I don't give a shit, but <laughs> um, we would see in, in this area that we uh, worked in there, there's a lot of different uh, churches in the South. It's fucking crazy, right? But there was this one church. It's called the Pentecostal Church. And if you know what I'm talking about, you know. Okay, If you know, you know. But it's people that have, like, the girls have really long hair. They always wear a dress. The guys are always high and tight cuts. Um, and they always have a button-up shirt. And you can tell them from a mile away, the Pentecostals. So if they're Pentecostals, they always leave a dollar or two dollars. And they're the motherfuckers that leave the little card that says, God bless you. Okay, they're the same bitches. So I would go. Nope, you can give those to Marianne. She's going to be working her ass off well, they because would they're come needy in, as fuck. Like, they would come in like what? I don't remember what night it was or day it was or whatever. But they would come in Probably and like Wednesday. take up the whole front section of the of the freaking place, and like they're all getting like, oh, I want the uh, you know specialty lemonades or specialty this or whatever. Yeah, like, their want bill this. was out the ass. Yeah, like and I mean it was like tons of tables and so there's usually two or three of us that had to like run the whole section with all of them in there because they were constantly like wanting refills. Like they'd take like two drinks out of their drink. Can you give me just a little bit more? Like all that kind of stuff. 
We're like, oh, my food's about to come out. Can you go ahead and refill my food? Like, I got to, or my water, water or whatever. I'm like, I got to run. Yeah. I got trying to run food to you and trying to refill yeah. everything. And then they give like a crappy tip and stuff. But yeah. Oh, they, it never failed. It was always a dollar or two. And they thought they were tipping you the world. Um, and I, and I agree in America, it's fucked up. That's the system that we have that you have to, you tipping is normal and all that stuff. I get it in other countries. If you're listening to this, you're like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. But in America, it's like a thing. It, we were like D20 saying we're making $2 an hour. And I don't know how the fuck they got away with that. And then we got paid by tips. So the money we made was from tips and I'm not sitting there being, and they would stay forever and talk to each other. That was their hangout. So oh, yeah, they were there they're there for close. an hour and 30. Yeah. yeah. They're an hour and 30, two hours. Like uh, no. guys, we're closing. We need y'all to, cause then you had to clean up the fucking mess of their 50 kids that threw crackers all over the floor. And if you know, uh, if you worked in a restaurant, you know this name. It's called a Bissell. Uh, we used, it's like a little handheld vacuum cleaner, but didn't have a motor. And you had to run over shit. D20 and I worked the fucking Bissell a hundred fucking times. You, you learn all these like stupid ass tricks with it. Like to, if you want to get something, you have to push down really hard on the left side and kind of turn it and make it turn at the same time to pick up something. If you ran over like a, a straw uh, wrapping, it wasn't going to fucking pick it up or it was going to fuck up your Bissell. And there were so many things. There was a good Bissell, a bad Bissell, and one that was like absolutely oh, yeah, like shit. We, we just always hide the one that was hide the, the good, good one. one. Yeah. yeah. Like, like you don't understand, we time. had this shit down to a science, okay? So I enjoyed working with D20 because we would always run the game. You know, girls always got tipped more than guys. It didn't matter if you had immaculate, um, you know, service. It wasn't happening. It wasn't happening. You weren't getting more than a girl. A girl would be like, <laughs> oh, my God. If she was a 5 out of 10, she was getting double you what you got. If she was a 10 out of 10, uh, she was making so much bank. She wanted to be first one cut. She was like, uh, can I get cut? I'm I'm like, I had so five much. tables I and I all this money and just cut me. All my fucking money. So I was like, God damn it. <laughs> so we did have a lot of crazy people that we worked with. We had like dudes that were like PTSD. We had dudes that were like, I, we had one guy that was running a porn site that wanted to tell me about it every day. And I was like, shut the fuck up. I didn't, I don't give a shit. Um, and then we had, we always had, uh, just some flamboyant people. We had girls that had 17 different boyfriends within the system that we were working in. Like we're dating a cook, dating another server, dating another cook, dating that same cook while she's dating another guy. Like it was just a fucking mess. Like we had girls dating girls, guys dating guys. It was, it was such a fucking mess all the time. There was drama within the workplace all the time. And then. We would have good managers, and then there would be some fuck boy or fuck girl that would show up. You know, we'd have three or four managers, and you always didn't want one of them because they were fucking a piece of shit, yeah. and they would do stupid shit or be lazy as fuck or never understood how the whole system works. So um, that was a mess, too, and we always just wanted to blow our brains out by the end of that because it was just one yeah, thing well, after another. Like the other thing was, like, the managers would be, like, our age, but, like, we were in college, so it's like... Like, instead of, you know, going to college, they just, uh, you know, stayed in the system and worked their way up to a man management job or whatever. So, like, they, you know, thought they were so much better than you. And, like, you know, they didn't go to college. They had no degree. Like, once they lost that job, they were just kind of shit out of luck. <laughs> it's just like, and they always the, did like, will stupid shit, too. It's like, always. Kinda, uh, and I always said stuff job. that was like, uh, borderline, what the fuck? Like, yeah. You can't say that. Yeah, like, she's say 16. Stuff to, like, girls and stuff like yeah. that. You can say that. She's 16. What the fuck? Um, but my favorite part is uh, we worked at this restaurant that was about 45 minutes away from our college town. 
and then we had one open up in our college town, so we got transferred to there, and then we ha- we could serve alcohol there as well. And uh, the first days they opened it up, we got to try the whole menu. Yeah, so we, we got to do like we kind of uh, helped with the training stuff because we'd already you know been in the system or whatever. So like they brought in all the people that were going to be opening the new store or whatever, and so like yeah, but we got to try all that kind of stuff. And that was cool because we could sit down and just eat all kinds of shit, and we're like, oh, bring us some more of these, uh, please, yes, yes. Well, and so and we the, changed our menu. It would be like a bunch of uh, like girls that were there as as waitresses or whatever and so they're like oh you know i just want to take like one little thing of these and like me and d4 like we're college dudes we're like fucking give me all the steak like scrape that stuff on my plate <laughs> yeah. man get that shit coming <laughs> yeah and then we had like uh you could give out like a couple of invitations to people too to come and and all this shit and uh we would always hook our friends up with like hey this is the opening night but there's everything's free so here, we'll bring you guys out everything first. So here's a couple of tickets to get in, and then we'll come bring you guys stuff too. And then since it's brand new, we made double what we were making at the other restaurant because it was brand new oh, yeah, and everybody, everybody was going to, to try it out. Yeah, it was a lot busier. Yeah. And, of course, we crazy. had a lot of people that were, you know, first time being servers, and they're like, I can't handle two tables at once. Like, and we're rolling. Yeah. Yeah, we're rolling. Like, All right. Um, and then I would go back to the old restaurant every once in a while because it was closer to our hometown. And then they'd be like, we miss you guys so much. We can't. It's crazy here now. We're like, no shit. We didn't want to be here in the first place. We're <laughs> glad we're in our fucking other place. Yeah, Jesus I'd work there some during summer or whatever because I'd be back like at home or whatever. And like I worked. Yeah. There yeah. That was uh, kind of crazy. But, dude. I can't, there's so many stories about the restaurant that I have forgotten because there's so much, there was so much crazy shit that happened every single day with people like stiffing people, not sh- giving a tip and people freaking out or it was a breakup or somebody's like overdosed in the goddamn <laughs> parking lot or like just stupid shit all the time. But if you haven't worked in a restaurant, you definitely had to before you die because it's definitely like you learn uh, how to treat people. You learn what it's like to behind the scenes in the food service, which I think is is a crazy thing within itself. And you learn all the tricks and stuff. Like everyone asks me, "Hey, do you what's your favorite restaurants?" And I'm like, I can tell from the staff, I can tell from the food, I can tell from how I'm being treated when I work walk up into the restaurant. Like what are, what's a great restaurant? Or not, but the one that everybody keeps bringing up over and over again, which I fucking absolutely hate, is Applebee's. They're like. Hey, do you like Applebee's? Fuck no, I don't like Applebee's. It's the worst shit you could ever go to. Like, the service is horrible. The food is microwaved. And it's just, it smells like it's 85 years old. Like, they don't clean the place. Like, n- there's not been one Applebee's that I've been to. I'm like, God damn, that was so good. I want to go back That's tomorrow. So good Applebee's. Yeah, there's never been a steak. And I'm like, holy shit, that was tender. And that was the best steak I ever had. Like, no. What the fuck? Hell no. Applebee's is dog shit. Don't go to Applebee's. Like, and everybody uh, which brings us to our sponsor today, Applebee's. <laughs> <laughs> Applebee's, or you can get Applebee's. two for ten right now. <laughs> two for ten, ten. Do dog it. shit. Do it, do it. Anyways, all you can eat appetizers. <laughs> do, it, do, it. do it, do it, <laughs> do it, do it. Um, but we'd always have people that would work on uh, different restaurants, and they would come to us, and then they would leave us because they would go back to a different restaurant and always come back. Like they always came back to our restaurant sooner or later. So we're like. Oh, shit, here's Jessica again. She works here for the third time after she fucking broke up with her boyfriend, so she didn't want to, you know, work here. And then she, her boyfriend left because he got fired for doing drugs in the back. And then he, <laughs> she's back, and now she quit to go work at 
Applebee's, and then Applebee's <laughs> don't make shit, and so she can't come back here. So it always we always have like reoccurring people all the time, um, and then we would always have like um, you know people that would <laughs> we would take bets. There would always be these like little bitty girls that never worked in their lifetime, like never yeah, like wa- worked on their like feet. Things paid for, yeah. And then mom and dad always. Like, oh, you got to get you got to get a summer job, and so they'd be like, yeah. Oh, and they walk in. We were like. This bitch is gonna last one day. Watch this shit. And you had to buy, you had to buy pants. You had to buy the shirt. You had to buy an apron. You had to buy like uh, shoes. Did I say that? And you had to buy, you had to buy a book. They have a book for you or whatever. And so, like, you had to buy apron in the book. I think they gave. You think so? I I don't know. Maybe. Anyways, we had to buy shit like a belt and a fucking. I don't know. Anyways, so we had to buy shit, and you weren't making that back within the first four shifts, like. There's no way you're going to get yeah, bill paid for that negative. shit. <laughs> you're going negative. So these motherfuckers went negative as hell. And I was like, shit. Like, mommy and daddy. Yeah, but they like come to work like their BMW or something like that. They're like, oh, my mom made me get a job. Like, and every okay. cook always hit on them. Like, all the time. <laughs> every little horny little single guy in the fucking, but always hit on every one of them. Like, Jesus Christ, guys, give it up. You work in the fucking back and you're. You're literally 45, and you're working in the back right now. Calm down. Yeah, calm calm the fuck down. Judicious. Yeah, and your rap sheet is as long as my ticket right here. Jesus fucking Christ, dude. Calm down. And give me some fries, too, shithead. <laughs> Put the fries out here. Sorry, dude, I don't know if I've told this story before, but one of my fi- favorite D20 stories is... <laughs> Even this fucking wait, they would put fries in the window. I think we've told this before, but I'm saying anyways. They put fries in the windows in this bowl to keep them hot. And they and we had some great fries. They were crispy. They had great seasoning on them. Like if I could get the seasoning, I'd probably keep it uh, today. Um, and they would season them, and we would put our hand in and grab some fries, and then put some on a plate, and then like eat them or whatever. Um, and they would get so pissed at us because they wouldn't have enough fries to put on our burgers. So we like our specialty was like burgers and stuff. Um, and I know it's Corona time. Everybody's freaking out because we put our hand in this bowl and ate fries. But whatever. We never got sick. So whatever. Um, so we would do that. And um, it was a different time. <laughs> it's a different time. So D20 needed. I think he was getting it for, for his table because I don't think he's a big ketchup guy. No, but he no. was like, can I? He yes. goes, can I have some ketchup? And the guy goes, the cook had the bowl down on the other side and he's like ketchup you said you mean ketchup he's like no ketchup because <laughs> we had all these if you worked in the restaurant business there's all these uh different uh sayings for stuff so like um <laughs> we had yeah ramakok is a, a little side of a cocktail sauce of cocktail yeah sauce. ramekin of cocktail sauce so he would say uh i gotta get a ramakok and we'd have like 86 this that means take away this and all that stuff so he said ketchup and the guy was like no ketchup and he's like dude they literally stood there at the yeah, window I, for I like 25 there, minutes like, that's what i said ketchup no he said like ketchup you want some ketchup he's like no i need some ketchup that's <laughs> <laughs> what so i said ketchup and he's like dude they sit there and they argued i took like four people's order came back put it in and they're still arguing at the window gun ketchup he's like no. <laughs> and he's hard hard-headed as fuck and he does little one-liners so he's always like poking at this guy and this guy's not giving up either and i just i think i literally bust open the back because if you bust open our back we go there's a dishwashing room you go around and you can get the bottles of ketchup from behind the lines so i think i busted back there got a ketchup threw it through the window at d20 he's like thanks for the ketchup and like walks off i'm like what the fuck man? Well, see like yeah usually we had like a, a little th- little pump thing out there where we could get our own ketchup to take to him or whatever like a little pump thing and so i don't yeah. even know why i was talking to that guy i think i don't know 
They probably moved. I think it they, back they hit it because they didn't want us having more ketchup because we yeah. were like still in the fries and dipping and our ketchup in, in for food costs and shit. Cause, yeah, yeah, yeah. But and so we uh, that was fucking that was hilarious. A good thing about dude. us, like we never got in, sh- in trouble for food costs, but we always went back there and took food and shit. Oh yeah, always. Uh, yeah. That's funny as fuck though. But I I just remember that. Just it's a stupid little story, and there was some crazier stuff that happened for sure. But um, yeah, that's. That's fucking hilarious. He would always do something stupid like that. And I knew D20 had the one-liners from, from day one, man. He was, he was legit. He was fucking legit. Yeah. Um, had, had them crows, man. Had the crows. Dude, <laughs> tell them about the crows. Tell them yeah, about the crows. So, like, we had to, like, of course, like, when I first started there, like, I needed a job. Like, I didn't have a job. And um, I actually, like, went and got a job at Lowe's. And, like, all I had to do I was, like, that, go back and, like, take the drug test or whatever. And like I pretty much had the job, and so like, uh, like I was like I'd already done the interview and everything was good or whatever. There was a guy that like I had a class with or whatever. He's like, man, we're hiring at Lowe's. He's like, it's easy, man. I just wander around. Somebody asks me questions, I'll just be like, let me go ask, and then just disappear. <laughs> I was like, oh man, that sounds like my kind of job. <laughs> so I was like, uh, so I went and did the interview and stuff, and then they're like, okay, you got the interview. You just need to schedule a time to come in, do your like mouth swab for a drug test or whatever, and. uh and then like D4 called me. He's like, "Hey man, uh, we have you know some openings for servers. If I think that may have been like right before we moved in together or something like that. Yeah, but, it was close. Anyway, so I was like, okay man, I'll just come you know do that or whatever. And so like I never called Lowe's back. They probably thought I was a druggie or something because I wouldn't come take the drug test. <laughs> but it's like, like okay, I'm just gonna go do that. So like I went and just started doing the waiting table stuff. And hey, yeah, like you said, like everybody, everybody needs to." do it at some point like it like you learn like a lot of stuff that, like you can use in life like you learn how to be like because when you have a table in there like you're just pretending to be their friend for you know 30 minutes 45 minutes you know, yeah 30 45 long, minutes you know and then like you know if you can come off as like a nice person like you can say whatever you want to about them when they can't hear you or see you like you know it's like like who cares if like, once they walk out the door like who cares you know like yeah. you're probably not gonna see them again or if you do and if you're nice to them, they'll come back in and be like, oh, we want to see in that guy's section or whatever. Yeah. And then if they're not very good tippers, you say, no, put them somewhere else. Tell them I'm about to get off. <laughs> yeah. Tell them I'm fucking out. You can have Yeah, them. I got to get off. But we had a uniform. Yeah. Yeah. But so. You like, tell them about it? Yeah. So I was like, I didn't have any money when I got the job. And so like I went, I just went to Walmart and like we had to have like, I think it was like. Slip resistant. Yeah. Slip resistant like shoes. We, at that black. time, I think we had to have like white button-up shirts or something. Yeah, we did. Uh, later on, we had like black t-shirts or whatever, but we had to have like white button-up shirts, and we had to have like either dark jeans or like slacks or whatever. So I bought like the cheapest stuff that I could because like I didn't have any money. So like I bought like two like button-up white shirts at Walmart, like two pair of jeans that you know like were like skin tight because like there's no good jeans at Walmart, and like I bought like this dye stuff and have my mom like dye the jeans darker so that i'd have them like the right color or whatever and then i bought like this slip resistant like velcro shoes and like i fucking wore those things out like the bottoms were falling off of them and i just like fucking glue them back together like (laughs) it's like i'm not spending more money on this crap but we always made fun of of the uh the crows because i had the velcros but like i really didn't care what i looked like as long as my shirt looked clean and (laughs) My shoes didn't fall off. I didn't really care. 
But. No, it was fucking hilarious because D20 wore these crows, and they look like special shoes, number one. They look like the ones that you, they put, like, uh, inserts or shit into them, people yeah, yeah. that don't have, like, you know, they walk on different size legs or shit like that. <laughs> I don't know what to even say, but our guys with peg legs and shit. And uh, there, we had really slick floors going to the back where we'd, we would drop off our dishes, and there would be someone that fucking slips every fucking day, and D20 would look at them and go, should have had the crows. Yeah. Should have had the crows. Because he never crows. fell at the fucking crows. Dude, and he wore those bitches out. Dude, they they were, were fucking oh, disgusting. That's they what they were. were. Pretty disgusting, but like, I was like, I'm getting my money's worth out of them. I mean, yeah, you fucking wore know. those motherfuckers down. You probably have bunions on your feet now because of those motherfuckers. No, no. Jesus Christ. They've fucked you up, bro. <laughs> no, man. They, they, weren't that, they weren't that bad. They were actually kind of comfortable, but like, I wore the soles off of them. Like, the soles were like yeah. falling off of them. <laughs> I like glued them a couple times and i finally i was like i guess i'm gonna have to retire the crows i think when we like helped open the new building i think i ended up buying some new ones or whatever but some uh, kid in fucking africa are wearing the crows right now probably so. and they're like man this dude went wrong I he went wrong shoe deal but you know didn't work out i hear you do. all right man we're at the end of our hour already so um that's that's about gonna do it here for this gfy podcast um we are streaming almost every, well, pretty much every day so if you guys are, haven't been checking out our streams come on over and say what's up even if you don't stay that long we usually um sometimes we stream during the day and sometimes almost every night we're on streaming so definitely come over and check us out um you can follow us over on twitter and uh that way you know when we go live we always tweet it out or whatever but uh yeah anything else you want to shout out we both got some new merch yeah we got some new merch dude listen merch is popping right now Mm. d20 and i got new brand new brand new tags on brand new clothes Mm -hmm. if y'all want to hit us up uh i got mine on teespring so does d20 um mine's like teespring.com slash store slash deluxe dash 18 i don't know i just they gave me that so i kept it we got two designs on there. Uh, we got some short sleeve, long sleeve, and hoodies. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be up for another, by the time this goes out, probably 14, 13 days left on it. So hit it up. Make yeah. it quick. Don't be Good late. Show. Go check them out. All right, guys. That's going to do it for another episode of the GFY Podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed you know, some story times. Hopefully you guys had a great Mother's Day. If you haven't already, talk to your mother and give them a call. and Be like, sorry, I'm late, Ma. Didn't know it was Mother's Day. This quarantine got me messed up. Right. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we'll see you guys next time on the GFY Podcast. Hey, to be.